about you? I've had a big day. Anyone else had, had a big day? It's, uh, it just feels like this day has gone on and on and on. I feel like at the moment I'm living in my car. Uh, in the last two weeks, a couple of weeks ago, I was up in Albury, Wodonga. Had a few nights up there. We had the summit, so uh, I busted out of there and got out of, out of Melbourne and went back to my hometown, basically. And so caught up with Michael, had a great time there, caught up with other friends there. And, uh, but since then, I've been, to, I've been home. And so I got home, and then I went to, on Sunday night, I went to Bendigo, then I went home again, and then I went to Ballarat and went home again, then I went to Wangaratta, got home again, now I'm here, then I'll be in Gippsland, and then I was in another place, and it's just all over the place at the moment, I'm having too much fun. I've got to tell you, is anybody, has anybody already been blessed tonight? Anybody? Well, I don't know what blessed you, but I've got to tell you, your family blessed me. They really did. Like, I've got to tell you, I'm standing here, and I'm thinking to myself, we, there, there is... Is there any better worship than that? I don't know about anybody else, but I just felt like, I just felt, I want to, I want to commend you. In fact, why don't you get up and speak tonight? I'll sit down and listen to you. Because I'm standing there and I'm like, hang on a minute, these are all siblings and there's Mama Bear at the end, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, here we are entering in the presence of God with an incredible worship team. I've got to tell you, there are some incredible worship churches in our nation. There's no doubt about that, that travel the world. But I've got to tell you, I could stand here and, and, and same, 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 same. The spirit of this family and the spirit of this church, I've got to tell you, I salute you, salute you, salute you, salute you. And so if you do want to get up there and speak, I'm happy to take a seat. I am happy because uh, how many of you know we can all learn from each other? We can all learn from each other. That's the deal, eh? And uh, I, I just want to celebrate you tonight because truthfully, this is incredible. I, I was thinking about you, my friend, and we don't know each other real, real well. But one thing I believe about this, there's a man in the Bible uh, and Jesus said about them, uh, here is a man in whom there is no guile. That's you. That's you. The reason this family worships like they worship is because they've got a dad and a husband like you. And I just want to say, we celebrate you. We salute you. We're very proud of you. Praise God. Let's give it up for Dazza. I love that guy. I love that guy. Hey, it's so cool to be here. Some of you know my, my deal. Some of you know my story. I, I come up here and, and I'm just going to talk, if that's all right. I am going to share at some point in time. I've got some notes back here. Yeah, they're still there. And uh, so I've got some notes here. But I just want to come and share. In some ways, I feel like I've come home tonight. And I was like, how do you figure that? In 1974, my parents sold their, their home. My dad, he thought he was Harry Butler. Remember Harry Butler back in the day? The Leyland brothers. He thought he was a cross between Harry and the Leylands. Travel all over the countryside. That's the Leyland. That's the Leyland. He thought he was one of those guys. And so he sells his house and buys a caravan, sells a family home, buys a caravan, uh, puts it behind the 57 Chev, because that's what he had, uh, put the canoe on the roof, and off we went. We were going to travel around Australia for uh, however long it took. The plan was you, you, you travel, you set up. My dad was a carpenter, like our Lord and Saviour. And so my, my dad, thank you very much, and so my dad was a carpenter, so the plan was we'd set up camp, and we'd go to school for a little bit, then we'd pack up, we'd move on to another town. So we travelled four hours on the first day, came up the Hume Highway, got to Aubrey and stayed there 10 years, praise God. <laughs> 10 years. How many of you know, it was a good plan, but something in the, well, it went wrong in the, well, so, so I grew up in Aubrey, and uh, I've got to tell you, when I'm here, I feel like I'm home. That's why I've got two days off. Where do I go? I hop in my car, and I go to Aubrey, and, uh, and just sit in the main street drinking latte. It was awesome. And, uh, but I, I feel like I, I am connected to this part of the world. I really do. 
Georgie and I got married. How many of you know my, my wife, she, she, was, she was working for the airlines, and so uh, we, we get married 28 years ago. Hard to believe, eh? I can tell you it's been the best 28 years of her life. She's a blessed woman. And so you laugh, but I think it's true. And so, so, so she works for the airlines, so she only has to pay 10%. We can fly anywhere in the world. So where do we go? To the Kiwa Valley Church, praise God. So I know that house intimately. That's all I'm saying. No, let's not go there, but it is true. I got fond memories of that house. Hallelujah. Let's all give praise to Jesus. Anyway, moving right along. And so, so I, got, I, got, I feel like we're family or something. You know, there's a bond there. I don't know what it is. It feels really good. And so, so we got married and we ended up moving back to Albury because we'd been in Albury 10 years. My parents moved back to Melbourne because they figured, well, this trip is over. We're going home. And then, then George and I, we got married. We moved back to Thaguna. I took my mate, my best mate, all the way through high school. We were rat bags, just put it like that. And, uh, but I got saved and then I took him to the church in Thaguna and he, he, he got saved the very first day. As in, he would ring me drunk in the middle of the night. Where's a clock? If I don't have a clock, you're all in trouble. And so if you can put a countdown clock there, and I will attempt to be within three hours of the end. All right. Okay. So I took my best mate. I drove to Albury. He's ringing up in the middle of the night drunk. He's going, Shane, you've ruined my life. You've ruined my life. Why have I ruined your life? I can't get drunk anymore and enjoy it. I can't womanize and enjoy it. What have you done to me? And I'm like, Jesus is on your case. I'm going to take you to church. So we drove to Albury. We took him to Saguna, to the little church in Saguna of 40 people. And guess what? When the altar call happened, before the pastor had finished, his hand was in the air. That was, that was in uh, 1990. Just before Christmas, he became the senior pastor of that church. Praise God. How cool is that? How cool is that? So George and I, we went back to Melbourne. Then we moved to Saguna for about five and a half years. I remember uh, there was a district day just like this where, where some, uh, uh, some guru by the name of Pastor Alan Davies was going to speak. And so we didn't know of, I didn't know the AOG. I, didn't know, I thought it was the assemblies of whatever, you know what I'm saying? I just didn't have a clue really what I'd been born again into. And so, so we came down with our pastor to Shepparton and we met this man right here, Pastor Ron Mallon, praise God. How many of you think we should write a letter to the Pope and see if we can get this man sainted? <laughs> Praise God. We need to make this man a saint. I remember meeting him. It's a true story. I remember meeting him as we were waiting for Pastor Ellen. I remember when Pastor Ellen and Joan pulled up in the car park and I'm like, oh, they're like the man of God and the woman of God. And now it's like me. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so, but I remember sitting there waiting, talking to this man called Ron Mallon, who had been to Bible college, come back to his hometown and was doing this incredible work. I've got to tell you, you inspired me more than you will ever know. More than you will ever know, you inspired me to have a crack for Jesus, to have a go for Jesus, just rise up every day and put my best foot forward. And I've got to tell you, Ron and Susan Mallon, from my point of view, there are a lot of people in our world that do a lot of great things, but I've got to tell you, there is a special place in heaven for them. I think you guys are absolutely amazing. I reckon we should celebrate them. For just a minute... Praise God. Oh, there's a, there's a clock up there now. Where did that clock come from? That's awesome. What time do you want me done by? Nine o'clock. Praise God. What time is it? Quarter past six. All right. So, so Damien and Tanya. I see Damien and Tanya up the back there just snuck in and got their award and praise God. Hallelujah. Gone to Albury. Anyway, moving right along. And so, so you know, I can honestly say this with absolute, this is the absolute truth. Nobody in my in my time as a state president. State president is a funny role. I'm honoured to be in this role. 
But it's a funny roll, just putting it out there. It's a peculiar thing. Have you ever tried to round up cats? <laughs> it's similar, but with legal complications. It's, it's just a little weird. I can honestly tell you, nobody in all of my world has rung and left more messages on my telephone simply to say, Shane, you don't need to call me back. I'm just ringing to encourage you. You're doing a great job. I'm happy to be under your leadership, proud to be under your leadership. Just keep going, Shane. We are for you. Then that man, Damien Warren. I love that guy. I love you. I love you. I love the way you, you wear a T-shirt that's like too small and it just works. When I wear a T-shirt that is too small, it doesn't work, you know. So it's like, man, where'd those bumps come from? But anyway, it's, uh, maybe it was in the cotton, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but Damien and Tanya, you guys are, are legit. I love you guys. And I, I believe, you know, I, I, I don't know where it is or what it is. I know where you're planted at the moment. But I got a feeling God's got a whole lot more coming down the track for you guys. And I just want you to know we are so proud of you. We love you. And uh, you've done an incredible job. But better than the job you've done is who you are. And uh, once again, we salute you because you are legit. As in, I'll just be really honest, not everyone in this world is legit. Not everyone in the ACC is legit. You might say, well, you don't say that? I don't know. I don't plan to stay here forever, so you can do whatever you want. But, but you know as well as I do, you, we're all in this together. But when you come across people like this who love people and genuinely care for people, I've got to tell you, as in, that is pretty special. I think we, we judge things the wrong way a lot of the time. We, we look from a distance and we make judgments about stuff and I've got a feeling when we get to heaven, I've got a feeling that there might be people that are leading worship that we weren't necessarily expecting only because it's like, really? As in, you've got, you got that and you've got that and you've got this. But you know what about this? this? There is, I don't know whether you realise this, there's less than 10,000 people living in Benalla. This is unbelievable. It really is. You've got, you got, you got to think like, uh, sometimes we look at things, I've got a feeling heaven is going to look at things really, really different. And so we celebrate you, we celebrate you, we celebrate them. I'm just feeling like celebration time. Celebrate! You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. I just think it's really good. Michael Geeling, you're a gun. And uh, I reckon, you know what I reckon? I was thinking about you when we were here. You know what it's like when you go surfing? How many of you have been surfing? Because like, there's lots of surf around here. And so it's like when you go surfing. And, and how many of you know, they, 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 come in, they, they, they come in like packs of five or six and they all roll in in sets. And, and so you sit there on your board hoping you're not going to get your legs chewed off by sharks or something. And so you're sitting out there in one wave, two waves, three waves, and then out of nowhere comes the big wave. I've got a feeling there's a big wave coming. And I really believe that. I, 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 once again, we think we understand sets. That was T-S. Uh, we think we understand sets. <laughs> sorry uh but every now and again out of nowhere comes that wave and i got a feeling that you've been out there on the sets and out of nowhere is going to come a wave that's unexpected to you and unexpected to others but when it comes just ride that sucker ride that sucker all the way just milk it for all it's worth you know what i'm saying and just ride it all the way just keep going on it and see, where, see what God does. I'll be cheering you on. I'll be cheering you on. You've been a blessing to me, and you've been a blessing to our state. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. How many of you know this guy? This is my dad. Stand up. I want to introduce you to my dad. This is not my dad. <laughs> this is Pastor David Garrett. 
Pastor David Garrett is now in our, in our West Campus, uh, but I can tell you, when I, was, when I just started out, when I was an assistant pastor in the middle of nowhere who no one knew who I was, this man started encouraging me. And he's encouraged me and encouraged me and encouraged me for the last 22, 23 years, whatever it is now. And so I figure, who better to put in the car and he can encourage me all the way to Benalla and all the way home but Pastor David Garrett. Why don't we give up for this man and uh, away we go. Shane, what are you doing? I'm making myself at home. Is that all right? Praise God. What did you say? The best thing about me was me? I like that. I'm going to tweet that on the way home. Praise God. Why don't you turn with me? Have you got a Bible? You got a Bible? I don't know where they're going to talk. We're going to preach. We're going to speak. How many of you love it when people come up after church and they go, oh, nice speech? I love that. <laughs> or good talk. <laughs> good talk. I always go, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Good talk. Hey, look at this. Disappeared. That is a sign. If ever I've seen a sign, that was it. Praise God. It's a gift. 29. I got, I got 29 minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, G- Genesis chapter 15, reading from verse 1, says, Afterward the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, or Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all the blessings when I don't even have a son? Since I don't have a son, Eliza of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no children, so one of my servants will have to be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son. How many of you have, have these conversations with God where it's like, like and the Lord says, No, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I don't know about you, I need one of these about every hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Because my world is big and there's stuff going on all the time. And the Lord, I need the reassurance from God. No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own to inherit everything I'm giving you. Then the Lord brought Abram outside beneath the night sky and told him, look up. Everyone say, look up. up. How many of you love the night sky up in this part of the world? As in, if you don't know how good it is, come to Melbourne for a couple of days. I got to tell you, you're going to love it up here. Look up. Everyone say, look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that, too many to count. And Abram believed the Lord and the Lord declared him righteous because of his faith. Faith, because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land. So, so here we are. We, we've entered 2017. We're now in March, I believe. I don't know about you. My world is blurred. It just feels like a blur this year. I've got to tell you, I'm hearing some really good stuff around the place. I'm hearing of some exciting stuff. It seems there's good things happening in churches. But, but uh, you know, in the midst of all of that, I tend to find that, yeah, well, it's good that good things are happening. But the reality is for a lot of us that there's still lots of stuff going on and there's lots of hurt going on and lots of challenge going on and and so there's all this going on but we stand here tonight in March of 2017 and largely the rest of the year is before us. I don't know about you, I want to see the kingdom of God impact my life and my marriage and my family and my church and my community and my state and my nation and Japan like like, like I've never, never seen, never, never seen the kingdom of God come. I don't know about, I'm 52, I look like a 27-year-old, it's ridiculous. It's a cross that I bear. And so, but, but, but I'm 52, the, the clock is ticking. And I'm like, Lord, let it tick slower. Because I want to redeem some time so I can do more for the kingdom of God. But you know what, I can't slow this truck down. 
I can't slow it down. I should get rid of this shirt. Maybe that would help. But, but I can't slow it down. So, so I'm like, Lord, I want to see the kingdom of God come. I don't know about you. I need to see the kingdom of God come. I'm not on earth for any other reason other than to see the kingdom of God come. So we find ourselves here, and it's like, I, I, I want to lay hold of the kingdom of God, and I want, to, I want to bring influence for the kingdom of God like I never have before. But I know this, that if I'm going to lay hold of 2017 and all that 2017 has for me in God, all that God has for me in 2017, then I need to let go of 2016 and 15 and 14 and 93. I've got to let it all go. Now, when I say I've got to let it go, I'm talking about all of it. I've got to let the pain go. Anybody ever been in pain in ministry? Probably, it probably doesn't happen in the country. You know what I'm saying? As in, when we were in Albury, we never had... Oh, that's lying. Uh, uh, but you know what I'm saying? If you're in ministry, there is pain associated with it. Uh, what, did you, what did Jesus have to bring up that pick up your cross stuff? Like, why couldn't he say pick up your Harley and live But it wasn't like that. He says, if you want to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross and follow me every day of your life. It's like, you've got to go to this cross. So, so ministry is going to involve pain. Ministry is going to involve heartache. We were, we were 12 years in ministry, and it was all, praise the Lord. And then Donna Crouch, that woman of God, she says to me, I've noticed you've never had any leadership issues at Enjoy Church. And I'm like, you noticed? That's right. Six weeks. Six weeks. Oh, my Lord, it was like a freight train ran through the middle of my heart and my head and my body. It just crushed me. I cried for five days. I'm a laugher. I don't like crying. I like laughing. The joy of the Lord is my strength, not this heartache. i got to tell you, I cried for five days. I cried for a year. There were certain people I'd see, I'd just see, and I would cry for a whole year. Into the second year, when I thought it was going to be over, it went to another level. And now all of my friends are attacking me because of what happened, and I didn't even do that. So for two years, it was pain, and it was heartache, and it was grief, and it was horrible. They were my first two years as state president. Hallelujah. Ellen Davies said to me three weeks before I became state president, he said, Shane, you need to know if this comes your way, you're going to have spiritual attack like you've never known. Well, thank you, Pastor Ellen. I appreciate the encouragement and the good news. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't thinking my whole world was going to get turned upside down. But how many of you know, if I'm going to lay hold of 2017, I've got to, lay, I've got to let go of that. I've got to let it go. What about the victories? How many of you have ever had victories? <laughs> Praise God. We've got to remind ourselves sometime, don't we? It's like, but you, know, you know what I tend to find? I tend to find that if you're in leadership, you focus on the negatives that we're looking to fix, and we miss out on the hundred positives that are actually happening week in, week out in the life of our church. Sometimes I tell our team, we are not talking about any issues today. We're just going to talk about the good things God is doing. Just going to talk about, and I've got to tell you, once it starts, it's like you can't stop. They're like little motor mouths. And they're just bowing out all the wonderful things that God is doing. Sometimes we've got to remind ourselves. But friends, I also say to you, we can't be hanging on to the victories of 1976. It's gone. I listen to people talk about the good old days, and frankly, they weren't that good. 
You know, being really honest, they weren't that good. But it's like, can you remember when? Remember when we used to lay it? Anyway, it's like, it's like, they weren't that good. I was just about to get myself in trouble. I do that occasionally. They weren't that good. So we're going to let go of the good stuff, and we need to let go of the bad stuff, the wins and the victories. Because how many of you know it's impossible to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of you if you hang on to everything from the past? We've got to let it go that we might lay hold of God I want to lay hold of God. I want to lay hold of everything that he's got for me. That's why the Lord had to take Abram outside. Uh, And as I speak tonight, I believe God is going to speak to you. And I believe over the next week, God is going to speak to many of you. This is why the Lord had to get Abram outside into a space and a place where he might get him to see something new. I believe God wants to reveal to some people some new things. Some new things. Genesis 15 verse 5 says, Then the Lord brought Abram outside beneath the night sky and told him, Look up. Everyone say, look up. Look up up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that. Too many to count. Now, Now, it was crucial that before the Lord spoke to Abram that he got him outside under the night sky. Why was that crucial? Because he wanted to remove every obstacle and every hindrance and everything that was going to blind Abram to the amazing possibilities and opportunities that were before him. Sometimes I, I, I think that we're, we are positioned well in God and God has got so much for us, but between us and what he would reveal to us, there are roofs, there are ceilings, there are canvases, there are tents, there are obstacles, there are challenges, and, and as a result, all as we can see is where our eyes go. And so he wanted to remove the ceiling of disappointment. Now, I don't know about you, I have been disappointed in the ministry. Uh, I think sometimes we come to times like this and it's all high five, hallelujah, praise God, it's all good. I don't know about you, that has not been my experience. Generally, when people ask me how I am these days, I'll say mainly good. And I just said to someone up the, up the back there, when they said, how are you? I said, mainly good. And if I can be mainly good most of the time, then I'm in, you know what I'm saying? Because the reality is we're dealing with people and the more people you're dealing with, the more challenges you're going to have, the more issues you're going to have, the more bills you're going to have, the more, 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 more. That's just the way it goes. So I really believe that, that, he, had to get, that he had to get Abram outside and he wanted to get him away from that ceiling of disappointment. Friends, if you've been disappointed, so have I. It's life. I want to encourage you, don't let that be the thing that then prevents you from being able to see what God's got for you. Sometimes we just focus on the disappointment. We've got to move on, because if we don't, we're going to get stuck in this place. So he wanted to remove Abram from that place, from the canvas of containment. How many of you ever feel, don't raise your hand, but how many of you ever feel contained where you are? Where it's like, I can't break out of this thing. Don't you know, Daryl? You should not have a worship team like this or a property like this or blessing like this or a hot-looking wife like this in a town like this. Don't you know? Because how many of you know in a small town, there is a spirit that will contain you if you let it. It wants to contain you. It's going to tell you every reason why you can't. And you know what? If you hang around the wrong people, you're going to, you're going to, have, you're going to have every reason why. Uh, they're going to tell you all the reasons why that you will not be able to break out of this containment. I remember when I went to the western suburbs, you know, the western suburbs is very multicultural. 
We've got 100 nationalities in our church alone. There's so many different nationalities, people from all over the world. I remember sitting with the ministers fraternal. First, first few months in, I've got to get myself connected to the godly people. I had no idea what I was doing, so I'm just going to try and connect. So I go to this minister's fraternal lunch. This is what one of these individuals, ministers of the gospel, encouragers of the faith, says to me. There's three of them. They were all silverheads, if you know what I mean. And one of them goes, Shane, we haven't been able to do anything. We've been here for 30 years. What makes you think you're going to be able to do anything? That's what he says to me. And I thought to myself, because I'm not going to hang around with a schmuck like you. <laughs> now, I didn't say that because that would be rude. And you know me, I'm not rude. I get close to the line occasionally, but I'm not rude. And I'm, like, I'm not going to hang around you schmucks. So I left and I never went back. Never went back. Why? Because that spirit wanted to contain me. Friends, I want to encourage you. And I, I, I yes, celebrate you. Because you're in a town where you shouldn't have blessing and favor like this. But you're, you've busted out of that containment spirit. God wants to take us out of, that, out of that place, out of that canvas of containment. I really believe God wants to take us out of the tent of restriction. Going to restrict you. You know, that, that, that flipping snake is a devil. You know, the snerpent, cross between a snake and a serpent in the gardens. And he's like, he wants to get around you and he wants to restrict you wants to strangle you, take the life out of you, the joy out of you, the peace out of you. But friends, I've got to tell you, God wants to take you out and reveal to you the limitless possibilities that are in him. So the Lord brought Abram outside beneath the night skies and he gets him to look up. Why did he get him to look up? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking me that. He got him to look up for this reason because he wanted, to, he wanted him to see something he had never seen before. Hmm. Now, you're in regional Victoria and you're thinking to yourself, Shane obviously doesn't know too much. Like this guy, he's a shepherd. He's, a, he's got stock. He's got livestock. He's a sojourner. He's a traveller. Of course he has seen the night sky before, Shane. You city, you were in Albury, you were saved and now you're unsaved down there in the city. Like what is the go with that? Why would you say he wanted him to take him out and show him something he had never seen before? Of course he's seen the sky before, the stars before. I didn't, that's not what I was talking, I never said the sky and the stars. That's what you heard. I said he wanted him to show him something that he had never seen before. And what was it that he had never seen before? Friends, I, I want to encourage you tonight. He had never seen, what he had never seen was the black canvas, blank and black, but the black canvas that was filled with opportunity, possibility, destiny, portion, longing, and promise. He wanted to take him outside because he had got so in here that he couldn't see anything anymore. Do you ever get so punch drunk from disappointment and let down and stuff that it's like, I, I, I can't see anymore? So he takes him outside. And he says, now you've got to look up. You've got to look up. Friends, I, I, I believe I'm here to tell someone, to encourage someone, that, that, that your possibilities are endless in God. When, when I met you, Ron, I had no idea what God had for me. I couldn't have dreamt this. What the Lord had for me and what the Lord had for you and what the Lord has for us is far beyond anything we can imagine. But we've got to step with him 
into the spaces and into the places where we might see what he would reveal to us. Because as long as we stay in those places of containment and those places of disappointment, those places where, where, where there's restriction, we're never going to see in God what God would have for us. He wants to take us beyond the tent. And he wants to take us out that we might look up and see what we have never seen before. For as long as we stay in there, I tell you the truth, we're going to be contained. And so many things are going to contain us. We're going to be contained by our sight. This is as far as I can see. I remember in that two years, I saw nothing. I was probably the worst state president in the world because I was just bleeding every day. Every day I would wake up. Most, like so many days, I would just wake up in tears. I would hear stories and I would cry. And it, like I said, if you know me, that's not me. But I was just so gutted on the inside. If you know me, I'm a relational creature. I'm a relational animal. That's the way I'm wired. I just love people. And when that relationship was torn, remember when, this is going to left field, remember when uh, David and Jonathan broke up, <laughs> so to speak, when Jonathan broke that covenant relationship? Remember, who was it that made the covenant relationship? Wasn't it actually Jonathan who made the covenant relationship with David? But when Jonathan broke that covenant with relationship with David, it says that they, they met in the field and they embraced and they wept together, but David wept the most. I think that's really interesting because David was invested at a level Jonathan hadn't quite got to. I think as pastors and as leaders, we invest a lot. We invest our time, we invest our energy, but we invest our hearts in a way that is... If you're, not a, if you're not a senior pastor in this room, can I encourage you, get behind your senior pastors, love them, encourage them, esteem them, build them, cheer them on, and do not break their hearts. Do not break their hearts. You know what, you know what I hate? I hate that card, the Lord told me. I'm like, <laughs> he told me to hit you in the head. <laughs> Come here. I learned that in the western suburbs. It's like, it's, like, it's like the Lord told me, rubbish the Lord told you. As in how many times have you heard that? The Lord, the Lord is leading me on. He's the same Lord who led you here three weeks ago. He must be like local. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, why, why do people do this? Why do they go there? Friends, I want to encourage you. You've you got to be careful what you look to. You've got to be careful what memories you dwell on. You've got to be careful where you allow your feelings to go. Feelings, all you need is... Come on, Ronnie, sing with me. Feelings. <laughs> feelings. How many of you know feelings are overrated? Overrated. I'm just not feeling it. What does that mean, you're not feeling it? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are you not feeling? I sat with my neighbor about almost a year ago. Ah, uh, no, yeah, J July last year. I sat with my neighbor... But my neighbors aren't Christians. And so my, my wife, his wife gets hold of my number somehow and, and says, basically, they're breaking up. He's been having an affair. I go and knock on his door at 10 o'clock at night. G'day, mate. <laughs> that was actually the doorbell. And so I said, g'day, mate. And so I get inside. We have this conversation. And like, he's like, he looks at me and he goes, he goes, because I'm saying, mate, what are you doing? No, 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 no. I don't really know this guy. I'd never been in his house. And he goes to me, he goes, Shane, I know, it's, I know it sounds crazy, but I've got, I've got feelings for this woman. And I'm like, so what? So what do you got feelings for this woman? I said, 
I said, I said, so where do you got feelings for this woman? I said, didn't you have feelings for your wife when you said, till death do us part, I do, I do? And he looks at me like, oh. I said, your wife does not care about your feelings for this other woman. Your daughters do not care about your feelings for this other woman. I said, man, you just got to man up and take control of your feelings and do the right thing. Well, needless to say, he never spoke to me again. <laughs> but how many of you know, if it be right, it be right. Now, our feelings as ministers, they'll, they'll take us this way and that, but we've got to take control of our feelings. We've got to take control of our emotions. We've got to take control even of our history because our history would speak to us. We've got to tell it to be silent. It may have been my past. It may have been my history, but it's not my future. When you hear the voice of God, I want to encourage you to step outside and take a second look. Take a second look. Just step outside and take a second look. But this time, look with eyes of faith. I believe this. When you go home tonight, I see there's a clear sky. The Lord gave me a clear sky. Because when you go home tonight and you hop out your car, you've got a choice. You can just walk inside or you can take a second look. I want to encourage you to look to the stars. Look to the skies. Because I tell you the truth, God put those stars up there for a reason. He put them up there for a prophecy. He put them up there for a word. He put them up there for encouragement. Some of you might be in a place where, but I've been living in this tent for so long, I can't even remember what the sky looked like. That's the point. Remember what it was like when you got saved and you were full of faith and full of courage and you were stupid enough to believe everything. You know what I'm saying? I heard this word once and I believed it. But then, then we grow up and we mature. You know what? Uh, there's another term for that. In the Greek, it's called having the stuffing knocked out of you. You know, and that's what the enemy does, doesn't he? He comes and he comes and he comes because he wants to take the joy and he wants to take the peace. He wants to remove that faith and that belief. Now, this is what my Bible says. I still believe the Bible. Let's never depart from the Bible. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I remember speaking to you, and at the time, you said, I think, I think the church was about 300 people, and you were in a town of about 3,000 people back then. This is a long time ago. This is like when Noah was there, and you know, so it's a long time ago. But, but I'm thinking to myself, that's 10% of your town. Don't you know that that's impossible? Man, imagine if I had 10% of Melbourne. I'm such a loser. You know what I'm saying? I look, I look, I look at these guys, and I tell you the truth, they inspire me. Because they've done something I have not done. And you might say, but you're doing that. I'm doing that, but I haven't done that. As in, that's, why, that's why we've got to understand as the body, we, we may be in the city, you may be in the country, I'm in the country, you know I'm in the country. I'll, I'll, that's why I was in Bendigo, I was in Ballarat, I was in Wangaratta, and next Wednesday night I'll be in Gippsland. Why? Because I love regional Victoria. But I've got to tell you, when men and women commit their life to a place and say, we're not going to move on in six months. We're not going to use this as a stepping stone to somewhere else, but we're going to build something for the glory of God. All things are possible to those who believe. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Matthew 9, 29, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your mother's faith, it will be done unto you. No, 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 no. According to whose faith? Your faith. Your faith will be done unto you. Which, which pond are you drinking from? Which cistern are you drinking from? Where, where are you getting your, your faith stirred? Where is that coming from? You know that. Can you remember the last time you felt that? I love that. I don't want to live without that. 
because it, it gets me up in the middle of the night and gets me praying and believing to do stupid things. Some, some of you know my, my daughter married a Japanese dude. He turned up two years ago. He couldn't speak a word of English. What are we now? Yeah, almost two years ago. It is two years ago. He turns up. He doesn't speak English. I'm like, hey, mate, how you going? Oh. I'm like, I'm like, oh. So for the first three months, oh. Oh, sushi. Oh. It's like, it's like, but you know what? They've got so much faith. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go plant a church in Japan. You know what? It's crazy. It's stupid to do, be thinking this. Who do you think you are, Shane? You don't even know Japanese other than your son-in-law. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but you know what? When you've got, it, when you've got, it, when you've got the in you, it, would, it stirs you up to actually get out of the boat and walk on the water. How many of you know, according to your faith, will be done to you? Sometimes you just got to get up and have a go. You might be like, well, we'll sink. Well, that's all right. Someone will throw you a something. And they'll pull you back into the boat and you can live on. I gotta tell you, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stink in the boat, or rather sink in the ocean than stink in the boat and get to 140 years of age saying, Oh, I wish I had a go for Jesus. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie there. I'm gonna get up and have a crack. I'm gonna have a go in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can, what the heck are you talking about? If you can. With God, all things are possible. Uh, I remember standing up in front of our church uh, a year ago, basically, February 12 months ago. And I, I can't even remember prophesying it. It was at the summit conference. And I started saying, there are people here being trying to have a baby. And the doctor said, you can't. I tell you the truth, in Jesus' name, you're going to start having babies. Man, we've had so many babies. And people come up and thank me like I had something to do with it. I had, <laughs> it wasn't me. But all these babies that... Couples that were told, you will never have a baby. They're having babies. Not one of them has called it their boy Shane. Not one of them has called their girl Shania. Yeah, whatever. Maybe the doctor said you'll never have a baby. But what did Jesus say? Maybe the accountant said your finances will never be back together. What does Jesus say? Maybe the counselor said you'll always have emotional issues. What does Jesus say? Maybe the marriage counselor said your marriage sucks and you should get divorced. What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? According to your faith will be done unto you. You might be like, but we're all ministers. Do we have issues like this? You know you do. It's just you're better at... You do that better. You do it better. All these people have said stuff, told you to never do it. Now it's like that's the ceiling, that's the roof. That's I can't see beyond that anymore because all these people said stuff. They said you'll never grow a church like this. I said you'll never be able to impact those schools or impact those dairy farms or or do those things that are in your heart. What would they know? You know what I notice about people that they say is. They say this, they say that. Most of them do squat. They do nothing with their life except suck air. And then they're going to tell you, you can't. Don't let their disappointment come onto you. Don't let their, their issues come onto you. How many of you know I'm being too honest tonight, aren't I? I know I'm being too honest. It is good. Okay, praise God. All right. All right. You know, this is what the Bible says, Psalm 20, verse 7. I'm almost there. Why don't we have that incredible worship team come back just for one minute? Can we do that? Is that all right? We're going to pray. We're going to take this roof off so we can see the stars. 
Daryl didn't know about that. The crane is out the front. You thought that was a train going past. Actually, the crane, the crane has arrived. Not the train, it's a crane. Psalm chapter 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord, of the Lord our God. Take a second look. Step outside now and take a second look. I know, I know what everyone has said to you. I know what people have tried to put on you. and I, I know the hurt and I know the grief. I've experienced the disappointment. I've been there. But, but step outside and take a second look. Psalm chapter 34, verse 10. You guys are amazing, by the way. You're amazing. Good job. Psalm chapter 34, verse 10. Even strong young lions. Are there any strong young lions in the house? Some of you are like, well, I used to be. <laughs> Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will never lack any good thing. I like that. Those who trust in the Lord will never lack any good thing. Never lack, never lack, never lack. Speak it over your own life. You're never going to lack any good thing. And I know, I, I, when I went in Albury, we had three months of cheese on toast. I didn't like cheese that much. It was tight. But we kept speaking the word of God over our life. Praise God. Now we have sardines and cheese on toast. It's awesome. Psalm chapter 121, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord. You know, as a minister, sometimes we look to the left and the right for help. Sometimes we're, we're like, God... If you don't help me out here, I'm, I'm sunk. God, if you don't turn up in my moment of need, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. I got to the end of last year and just being really honest, I'd become complacent and fat and lazy and happy in my boat. And I'm like, Lord, we're going through the motions and this is pretty cool, but I wasn't born for this. I'd been contained by victory. I'd been contained by spoils i had been contained all I could see is how good things were I'm not meant to live in a place where how good things are that's why Jesus calls and says come over here and only one would get out of the boat because the others are like I'm safe here I'm comfortable here it is good here I don't want to live in the boat I don't want to live in the boat now, I'm loving this season as a state president but I, I, I can tell you I can see an end to it I can see an end to it you might be like should you be saying that now? Not because I don't like it, but because I can see new horizons. And I know that, that I can stay here for a season, but in the end, if I stay for too long, it will contain me. And all I'll see is the provision and the goodness of God in this moment. But you know what? If God has brought me to this place, then God will lead me on. And so I celebrate this moment, but I've got to tell you, there is so much more. My help comes from the Lord. Now I'm feeling like God is calling us to Japan. I'm like, God, are you serious? Are you serious, Lord? It's like, why would you get my daughter to marry a Japanese dude and then have him take her? I used to like him, now I hate him. Not really. To Japan. I've got no choice to, to buy in there. It's like, you sabotage my life, Lord. But how many of you know he sabotaged it for good? It's like, Shane, you're not going to grow fat down there in the western suburbs of Melbourne. But you got to rise up and take new horizons. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, because I'm getting back into that place where I'm scared again. I'm nervous again. I'm uncomfortable again. We're having meetings at the moment and talking about, about this thing in Japan. It is doing my head in. It is messing with my head. 
They're talking to me about stuff. Contextualization. I'm like, can you say that again? Is that like, what, what was that? Text to what? And I was like, I got no idea. They're, they're taking me to a place. They're enlarging me. They're stretching me. And I was like, man, I am uncomfortable. But I'm so excited because I've stepped outside and I'm taking a second look at the possibilities that are in God. You know, the Bible says the earth is his footstool. I like this. My, my help comes from the Lord who makes the heavens and the earth. He, he, he made the earth for us so that, that we would have a playground and he put the heavens in place that we might have a constant reminder of the bigness and the largeness of our futures that are in him. He, want, he, wants, to, he wants to constantly remind us of the fullness and the size and the magnitude and the width and the depth of the life that we can have in Christ. But friends, I want to encourage you tonight to take a second look. Just step outside and take a second look. When you go home tonight, don't run inside. Don't run inside. You know, you've got to take a second look. And then after you've taken that second look, I, I believe this, over the next week, if you, if you will continue to step outside every night and look to the stars, now it's like, you might be like, are we reading the stars now? No, 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 no. But how many of you know all they were doing is actually what God told us to do in the beginning, and that's take a look. Take a look at the magnitude and the size of our futures that are in Him. I believe as, as we, over the next week, and I challenge you, because I believe this, over the next week, God is going to speak to many people in this room. Many people in this room. And you're going to see what you've never seen before. You're going to be like, I grew up up here. I know the stars. I know. When, when I was growing up, my, my, my dad, we would go shooting up at Hay, and we would go into paddocks that were so big. They were, so, they were ridiculous. You could just drive for hours and hours. You wouldn't come across the fence. You now they're pig shooting and whatever. And, and so, but, you know, my dad could take us back to the gate by the stars. He could look at the stars, literally, and read those stars and take us back to the gate. It was freaky. Sometimes we just look and we don't see anything. Take a second look. Take a second look. Because I tell you the truth, when you get out there and you're like, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. He's going to speak to you. But then I want to encourage you. Because sometimes people, they hear the voice of God and they don't respond. You know, Abram, I don't know what Abram did, but I think Abram got along with Mrs. Abram when he got home. I've got a feeling that tent was rocking, if you know what I mean, for a little while. You might be like, are you allowed to talk like that? I'm not too sure. Tell somebody. And it's like, but I've got a feeling that that thing was shaking and shaking and shaking. Why do I believe that? Because Sarah got pregnant. I think sometimes we want the dream to come to pass, but we don't want to actually do what we've got to do. I want to encourage you. When you know what God is speaking to you, go back and start doing what you know you have to do. Do what you've got to do. Some of you are like, I've been hurt. Get over it. Some of you are like, but it fell apart. Just move on. You can make excuses like I can make excuses. I've got failed scenarios. You've got failed scenarios. I love Abram's faith. He just went back and he just like, all right, if we're going to do this, let's do this. I, I, I think there, I think, I think, you know what the sad, I don't want to go to the grave with fire in my bones. I don't want to go to the grave with potential. I never want to hear anyone say of me, oh, that guy, he had potential. What the heck does that mean? That's like a backhanded compliment if ever I've heard one. 
He had potential. It means he didn't live up to it. There was something in him that died with him. Was it Elijah that ended up in the tomb? Uh, ended up in the, in the grave? And the robbers threw the body in and the body came back to life? I don't want to be that guy. Some people are like, oh man, he's had so much fire in his bones. Even in the grave, he caused people to come back to life. He died full. I want to die empty. I want to live my dream. I want you to live your dream. I want you to take a second look. Take a second look and allow God to speak to you. Can we just stand up for one minute? Is that okay? In a moment, I'm going to ask you, can you lead us somewhere in worship? What's your name? Your name's Christy. I like you, Christy. You guys are awesome. You're a sweet family, man. Sweet family. All right. Oh, actually, can, can we, yeah, that's what I want to say. I just want to see, yeah, you guys are good. They knew what I wanted before I even asked. I like that. You know what I am? The ministry can be a beast. I love being in the ministry. But the ministry can be a beast. You know what I love, I love about the church? I, I love coming to places like this. I, I, I love meeting families like this. I love meeting men and women who believe that even in a town of 9,000 people, God can do something powerful. I, I love meeting men and women who are called to a place and they know that's where they're called to. Come hell or high water, you'll find them at their post. You know what I hate? I, ha I hate the pain that's associated sometimes with ministry. I hate it when I speak to my brothers and my sisters and I hear of their pain because of the burden they carry and the loss that they've experienced. I hate that end of it. But I love the fact that the Lord is my strength. I love the fact that the Lord is always really close. I love the fact that, that he's, he's, he's always right there. Sometimes, I, if I can be really honest, I'll ring my friends before talking to Jesus, which makes no sense at all. Sometimes I'll reach out to people I think can help me and I, I don't connect to God. Sometimes it's almost like layer upon layer. Layer upon layer. I feel like an Irishman. Sometimes I work too hard. And I get, to myself, I get myself to a place where I'm a little out of control. I shouldn't tell you this stuff. But let's just, why not? You ever worked so hard, you get so exhausted, you're, you're out of your brain? The year that we planted three campuses, which is now three years ago, by the end of it, I don't know, I didn't know who I was. I stayed awake all Saturday night on the first Sunday of that year, the next year. A Saturday night of that year. I stayed awake the whole Saturday night. And at 6 a.m. I text Louise Arioka, who is our right-hand man, but she's a woman, but anyway. And I said, Louise, I just said, Louise, I'm not coming to church. I'm not good. Have a nice day. 
that I was meant to be preaching at 6 a.m. in the morning. And Louise knows Georgie and I really well, and she knew that was an alarm bell. I'd gone. I was so exhausted. Emotionally, I was done. Spiritually, I was done. I was just all done. I didn't want to connect anymore. I was done. And I don't feel, I, I stand, I'm standing here tonight and I'm feeling pain for some people. It's not, it's not for me. But I feel like I'm feeling pain for people that have been carrying a burden. That have felt the weight of the enemy's attacks. They feel like they've just gone through the ringer. It's like, I can't give any more than this. I've given everything I've got. I, I, I don't know how to do the next, next. Friends, I want to encourage you. Come out from that tent. Come out from that tent. Come out from under that canvas that's containing you. Come under that, out from under that roof of disappointment, that canvas of restriction. Come out from that place that, that's just stopping you from seeing what can be in God. I think sometimes we end up in a place of deception where we think this is our lot in life and because this is all we can see, this is the reality. It's not the reality, it's a temporal scenario. And if we will step out under the stars with the Lord, are we able to do this? I know my time is done, but I just feel like I just feel like God is wanting to connect with some people in, a, in such a powerful way. This, was, this isn't in the notes. This isn't part of the plan. Can you take that place, Pastor? I gotta, I, this is what I want to do. If you're here tonight, you know, I wish I could help you. wish I could take away your pain and your disappointment I love our movement but our movement can be a beast our movement doesn't always get it right we don't always treat our pastors and our ministers right we miss it not deliberately but we miss it and in men and women's time of need we're not there I um. I, w- I wish. I wish I could do so much more. But I know, I can't. I can't. But I know someone. I know someone who will always be there with his arms open wide. I know someone who will always be there to encourage. I know someone that will take away the pain. I know someone that will walk me through the wilderness. He may, not, he may not just take me out of the wilderness. I wish he would. I'm like, flip, Lord, enough already. Get me out of here. But he's like, no, I'll walk you through, Shane. I'll walk you through. I'll... He takes me by the hand. I know sometimes I talk like this and it's like, man, I've got, got a Harley shirt on and I'm a tough guy and what, like, from a distance. But if you know me, that you, you know that's not me. I lead like a leader has to. But I, 
I love people. I love people. You know what? It's one thing I, I'm, I'm so aware of. To the degree that I love people, God loves them so much more. I can tell you, I've got two daughters. I would not give one of them for you. But your Father in heaven has given His Son for you. He will always be there for you. In this moment, if you're here and you're feeling like you are contained, you're feeling like you are restricted, you're feeling like you can't see the dream anymore, you can't see the possibilities, you can't, but you're just like, and it's hard. I want to encourage you to step out of your seat as we worship the Lord and just come and stand in this place. Just come and stand in this place with Jesus. Just say, Lord, I'm stepping outside. And as I step outside, tonight, out here is outside. As we worship the Lord, if that's you, just step outside. Just step outside. Just come. Just come. Step outside. Just come. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Just come. Just come. If that's you, if you're still there and it's like there's a battle going in, just come. Just come. Let's worship Him.